Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, 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 coaches and leaders. Today, I am going to have a conversation with Dr. Melissa Bonds. Um, This is a consultant colleague and friend of mine. We support each other. And um, I wanted to have her on the show because she has an extraordinary amount of leadership expertise. So first, I wanted to welcome you to the show. Yeah, thank you, Becca. I am so excited to be here. Hi, coaches, consultants, leaders. I'm excited to share with you today. I come to you with 20, oh my gosh, 28 or nine years of experience. Um, I love teaching. I consider myself to be a teacher today as I work with adults. Um, part of my work in that urban district was I served as a curriculum generalist. Currently, I'm serving as a consultant with schools across the country, and I also serve as the director of a doctoral program with one of our local colleges. I love that. I I love your wide range and depth of experience and knowledge, right? You work with teachers. And you and I were just talking about the work you're doing actively right now with new teachers. That's what we're going to talk about today, all the way through to leadership and training, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Like leaders coming out of colleges, right? Like you actively teach college courses. You're the director of this doctoral program. So I want to jump in here. The first thing I want to ask you is how do you define a new teacher? That is such an amazing question. Um, When you think about a new teacher, um, traditionally we know a new teacher to be someone or we consider a new teacher to be someone coming in fresh from college. But because of our teacher shortage, whether you're in the South, the East, the North, the West, we've had teacher shortages. And because of that, we've had teachers that are second career teachers, which are considered um, someone who are who had a career at one point, and now they're coming into teaching. They they are on the older side of the spectrum. And when I say older, I, I mean traditionally a new teacher would be 21 years old, but I'm talking about someone that's coming in maybe 34, 40, that kind of age. Um, a new teacher could be someone who's coming new to your district. Uh, They could have 20-something years in another district, a suburban district or another urban district, but when they're coming into your space, they're considered new. It could be someone that's coming from a different school to your school. That is someone that I would consider new as well. So my definition of new teacher would be new, fresh out of college, second career, someone with experience but transitioning to your district or school, and then someone that's coming from school to school, I consider a new teacher. Okay, I got that. Yeah, that really defines the gamut. There's distinction, right, around all of these, you know, different, um, uh, not possibilities, but like uh, avenues, right, Right. to start teaching. And come to you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Yeah. And what I like to share with school leaders, too, is when they look at a new teacher, they truly have to look at them as an individual. What kinds of shoulds have you heard leadership have about that? They should be doing this. They shouldn't be doing this. That actually mm. holds back leadership from effectively supporting them. We're going to interrupt this episode briefly with a word from our sponsor. Hey coaches, have you ever wished you could clone yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, the Sydney platform might be right up your alley. With my own work, I use the Sydney platform to connect with my coaches and leaders and stay organized when I'm not there. The app is super easy to use, and I love the video feature where teachers can film lessons and coaches and leaders can record video reflections. This app saves me a ton of time and is a game changer in terms of being able to truly connect to my people in between visits when I'm not there. I can even stay organized with the individualized resources section for each person I'm coaching all in one place. And I don't know about you, but I like to try something before I buy it. Because of that, I've gotten Sydney to let you try the platform for free first to see if it's actually a good fit. If you're interested, go to sydney.com front slash TWE to check it out and claim your free coaching package. That's sibme.com forward slash TWE or click the link in the show notes. Yeah, a lot of the shoulds I hear is that they should know they went to school, they should be ready. Um, they had student teaching, so they should, or they were in our school, so they should, or they were in a district, so they should. That should is like, it's a, what, six letter word, seven letter word, <laughs> but that is like, to me, a 1700 letter word, because it's so, when we think about should, there's so many nuances and so many misconceptions that uh, leaders bring to the program, bring to their schools when they think about should. When I look at a new teacher, um, I look at them as who they are. Um, and that means you have to get to know your, your team. Who's coming on board? What are their strengths? What do they know? Just because they went to school, A, does not mean um, they're ready for whatever. When I, when I work with student teachers, one of the things I try to tell school leaders is when you are evaluating a teacher, you want to evaluate them as the first day of a first year teacher. When we think about a first year teacher, first year teacher is just walking into the building for the first day, just coming fresh. When we expect them to look like the teacher, the new teacher next door, that's that's not fair at all to them. And then we wonder about teacher turnover. Those kinds of things happen. Teacher turnover happens because we're treating them like the teacher next door or how that first year teacher is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. No, this is uh, this is a really great framework. And, and, I, and I think about I think the next natural question would be, well, what do they need? Right. So I was thinking about um, a teacher who um, for, with a school I'm working with, she she is a new teacher 
in that building. And that school leader, phenomenal school leader, saw the need to support her newer teachers, called me in to provide that level of support to those to her newer teachers. Um, that particular teacher was new to the that building, but she wasn't new to teaching. She came from a completely different environment where she had to put the hammer down. And coming into this environment, she didn't have to be as strict. She struggled because she was way too strict with what she was doing um, because of what she did before. Um, but thinking about her her principal saying, this is a new teacher, even though she had years of experience before, this is a new teacher. I want you to support her. Kudos to that principal. Yes, she had experience, but because she was new to their building, she still saw her as a new teacher and she had new teacher needs. I mean, really, she did. So, yeah. And it's like, you know, I think one of the things that gets um, overlooked often is culture. We don't realize every building has a culture, even if you can't right. see it, see it, smell it, taste it. It's there. I promise you. So now, thinking about supporting new teachers, right? It doesn't have to just be the principal or even the coach in the building, right? We can actually surround new teachers with the community of the school. How have you seen that happen in schools? Yeah, I've I've seen, um, thank you for bringing that up because that's such an amazing, amazing point to share. Um, a lot of times our colleagues put a lot of pressure on new teachers too because they use that should. They're, they're, they went to school just like I did, so they should. Um, but in, in some many scenarios, I've seen the, the teacher next door say, come on, let's work together. Let's share lesson plans. Let's plan together. What new ideas do you have as a new teacher? Here's what I've experienced in coming together to plan. So that's more of an informal kind of mentoring. I've seen where there's a school-based mentor, one person in a building um, where and assigned to four or five teachers. And that's a system I've developed in a couple of schools as well. Um, that works well if you have a larger number of new teachers where, you know, you have a designated person to support them. And I've also experienced, that's most of what my work was with that urban district, was the external mentor coming in and working directly with the new teacher. I think that all of those scenarios are amazing, but the best scenario I truly believe that works is when that neighbor teacher, without anyone asking, comes to that new teacher and says, I'm here to help you. Um, there's nothing better than feeling like my neighbor, my colleagues are supporting me. It's so interesting, right? Like, so the, the leaders and, and coaches listening to this, but they might be like, well, what can I do about that? It's just up to the teacher, whether they want to or not. And I would say a couple of things that you can do to influence the veteran teachers in your building. One, create a culture where we help yeah. each other, deprivatizing yeah. classrooms. Really, if you have a competitive culture in your school where teachers keep their lesson plans to their self and everyone on their own. Good luck. Start to directly address that. That is, first of all, adding a lot of work to your plate. <laughs> that is unnecessary, right. right? It really harms your school. There's no way to having, have a highly effective school where everyone's competing against each other. There's no right. way. So, you know, you mentioned earlier about having different expectations for new teachers, right? 
what, uh, what would those expectations be? What have you seen in schools? What have you brought into schools in terms of expectations for new teachers? So one of the things that I ask school leaders when I'm working with them is to, to truly, I understand that evaluations have to happen. I get it. They have to happen. We have to evaluate our, our school, our team. We do. When we think about evaluating a new teacher, what does that look like for each new teacher? We want to think about what are our outcomes? What, what goals have the teacher and I set? So that means we're sitting down together in the beginning of the year and we're looking at what goals does that new teacher have? Um, and then I can, as a school leader, I've helped school leaders to develop what goals do you want to share with that new teacher? And that's the evaluation. Now, I'm not saying that um, we should set aside the, the school or the district evaluation, because a lot of times that the goals that we as school leaders develop for our teachers, as well as what they develop, a lot of times we can find them in the actual evaluation. But it comes off a little bit differently when I say, here's our evaluation, I'm coming in to see you in January, and that's it, versus Let's talk about what goals you have for this school year. What do you hope to see? What are some outcomes you have for your students? And then as a school leader, what are some outcomes you have for it for you share with the teacher? Here's some outcomes I have for you. Here's our evaluation. Let's take a look at um, how our evaluation matches the goals we just created. Yep, exactly. And one thing I do want to point out, this may feel a little abrupt, but I, 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 I want to say this. Teachers, we're talking about teacher retention, right? Teacher, and I, I like to say my phrase I've been using is helping te new teachers stay and thrive, right? We don't want them to stay and drag. Right. Right. <laughs> we right. stay and thrive. And how much do you, I, I, I read some research on this and I'm curious if our numbers match up. What have you okay. seen how much it costs to replace a new teacher on average? It's about 20,000, but it depends on where the school is. So 20,000 is the average. It goes higher with some schools and it, it can be a tad bit lower, but 20,000 is the average to replace a teacher. And it costs about 10,000 to retain them or less to retain them. As we're talking about when I, in my 10,000 number, I'm, I'm talking about professional learning opportunities for them within their first year, release time for them to visit other classrooms. Um, so paying for that sub. Um, and I, I, I'm thinking 10,000 is on the higher side um, because it, it really doesn't cost as much. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about providing them with the best resources. So in my number, I'm thinking about making that new teacher feel as comfortable as possible mm -hmm. versus replacing them over and over. You're talking about marketing, you're talking about hiring, you're talking about interviewing, you're talking about uh, substitutes if that teacher left, you know, all of the different things that happens when a teacher leaves. So mm -hmm. exactly. And, and I really want to sit in that $40,000, $40,000, right? you know, really putting strong efforts into having teachers stay and thrive. And yes, those of you listening to this podcast can absolutely impact teacher retention. It is not out of your hands. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the, I, I, we need to wrap up here. But the, the last thing I want to ask you is, if a principal were to ask you how to support a new teacher, what are maybe the first three action steps you would give to them? 
One of the first things I would say to them is welcome that new teacher. Um, invite them in a separate time from your staff, your general staff time. Um, allow them an opportunity to get to know the building before everyone else gets in. The other thing I would I would offer is that new teacher induction does not happen at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Induction happens throughout the first and second year. So while you have your opening orientation, while you have all those big to-dos at the beginning of the year, it's important that something is happening with that new teacher every month in the school year, intentionally planning something to support the new teacher. The final thing I would say is provide them opportunities to visit other classrooms. And as you give them an opportunity to visit other classrooms, have them have specific goals in mind as they visit other classrooms. We're not talking about the great bulletin boards. We're not talking about the great chairs that that other classroom has. What we're talking about is specifically whatever the goal is. So could be um, what is the management system that teacher uses? How does the teacher teach from bell to bell? Um, how does this, the teacher allow for the students to get resources in the classroom? So giving them an opportunity to one, I'll recap, um, welcoming them in the room before others come in. Um, also thinking about um, ensuring that induction is not only at the beginning of the year, but something is intentionally happening throughout the first or second year and giving them an opportunity to visit classrooms intentionally mm. so with an, an intentional purpose. I'm going to say this again. Everyone listening to this podcast can impact teacher retention and is part of that experience of a new teacher. Coaches and leaders, you impact new teachers' experience of teaching. So I am, so we, we, we've got to wrap up here. This is, you're such a wealth of knowledge, Melissa. Thank so um, I'd love you to, to share with everyone, where can they find you if they'd like to know more about you or even uh, contact you? Sure. So you can reach me at my, my website is jmjconsulting2.com. And you can also send me an email at info at jmjconsulting2.com. And I have a free gift to those of you that um, subscribe to my website. If you subscribe, I'll post the link right in here for you. If you subscribe, I do have a free ebook that talks about things like how to support a new teacher for the entire year. I give you some suggestions for the beginning first four months of the year. I give you a statement that you can send to your new teacher. So it's already written for you. All you have to do is copy and paste it. I have something that says like, it's October, here's blah, blah, blah. And then some ideas for you. So yeah. It has been such a pleasure being with you today, Becca. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you for coming. Now, if you work at a school building or a district that has a lot of new teachers, feel free to reach out. Let us know you're looking for support on how to intentionally not only help them stay at the school, but thrive. There really is an opportunity to empower all of our teachers. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.